Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 103. Aaron, we uh, we missed the Anaheim game uh, doing a show for that one, um, but we're, we're going to kind of recap that one as well as the uh, the, the Kings game that happened both tonight and the, uh, the day before. So, uh, you know, we keep doing this thing where we win when we lose one, and unfortunately, apart from the shootout loss for uh, Devin Dubnik, uh, when we lose, we're not taking an extra point. And when we win, we're giving an extra point, and it's happening all the time. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate because I feel like Dubnik has been the better goalie. Um, he just doesn't seem to get that goal support. And I think I mentioned this in a show or two ago where uh, it reminded me of, I think it was Nabokov and uh, Toskala. Same thing kind of happened. Nabokov was not getting the goal support, but Toskala was and was getting the, getting the wins piling up. So uh, kind of the same situation where Dubnik seems to be playing better, but then um, can't get a win. And then they put in Jones and he takes him to the shootout and wins in the shootout. Because right now the Sharks have five wins, I think four in the shootout. So one real win. And even that yeah. was an overtime, right? Or was that a regulation game? I, I think remember. it was an OT, OT winner. Yeah. It's just the Sharks are just not putting it together. It, it looks bad. Tonight was ugly. Tonight was especially ugly. And we will we will certainly get to the ugliness of tonight. Uh, let's start off maybe on a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, the first game that we played uh, back on the 5th uh, against the Anaheim Ducks, we're going to buzz through these real fast here. Um, yep. They had a great first period, uh, one of their better-looking first periods, and then the second period comes up and bites them again. Um, they, they tend to give up three goals uh, in one uh, helping. It's kind of the MO there. But, yeah, again, in the second period, everything just kind of falls apart. And, um, you know, Vlasic was pretty soft on a couple of the goals that went in there. And during the second intermission, Bugner comes into the locker room, gives him, what, four? And, um, yeah, they, they kind of responded right away, right? So it was uh, it was nice to see them kind of uh, come back and respond after Bugner kind of uh, slammed the door a few times, I think. So uh, I have a note here for myself um, saying that the Kane had a shorty and I have I have my foot in my mouth. Um, so the, the story behind that one, that, that little note there is that um, I had said, well, does it make a whole lot of sense to have the guy with the most penalty minutes in the league on the penalty kill? It seems like it's a recipe for disaster. And then he goes and scores a shorthanded goal. So, um, <laughs> there you go. You know, who knows, man? Uh, but yeah, so they end up winning that one, uh, in the shootout, of course, because that's how the sharks are getting all their wins now is in the shootout. Um, Martin Jones just absolutely stoned, uh, the ducks in that shootout. Uh, I think he, that was the one where he had a little toe save. There's so many of them. I can't put them all together anymore uh, because we've had so many of these shootouts. But uh, just a, a beautiful little toe save uh, right off the, the edge of the skate there. So, um, yeah, Martin Jones played uh, pretty well in that game once uh, they kind of got to the shootout there. Prior to, I mean, there's a lot of things that were going on defensively. So, uh, And that's kind of been going on throughout the entire season. Again, I think that the, the goaltending has actually been pretty good. So, um, yeah, not, not so bad. A, a special note here, and I see you, you're highlighting it here, is uh, Sasha uh, Shmelevsky, or Shemlevsky, however you want to say it, uh, played his first game as a Shark, and he got a secondary assist, but that only lasted for that game. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided to pull him out, and um, then Balsers went in uh, during the next game. Was there anything else you want to say about that first game, or should we just move on? Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So, yeah, they, the more you know. So, uh, in that other game now against Anaheim, yes, Balser suited up. Uh, Vlasic started the game 
on the third defensive pair message sent uh, all playing alongside Kanijov. The really interesting thing to me about this one was that Vlasic, normally playing on the left, was put on the right-hand side uh, in favor of Kanijov being on his natural left-hand side. So uh, I, I thought that was that was awesome. Um, that it was basically like, yeah, you're uh, you're not only going to be on the third pairing, but you're going to be playing in your off uh, offside. Uh, so uh, yeah, message sent. And you know, honestly, I, I don't think he's gotten really off of that pairing. Uh, I've seen him even tonight. I saw him paired up with Kanijov again. Although time and time, I, I see him with Burnsy out there too. So you know, who knows? Um, but you know, it's it's again, it's one of those things where Dubnik played really, really well in that game. And you know, the, the Sharks came out and they scored the first goal right away. And then it just again, there's nothing. There's no goal support, right? So um, Dubnik, his great play kind of goes all for naught. So um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of your your thoughts on that? I know you had some uh, basically where where you know, Dubnik is playing well and everything, and they're just not able to, to give him the goals to get him the win. Yeah, I I like the way Dubnik plays compared to Jones. Jones is more of a positional goalie. He kind of makes himself as big as possible, kind of cuts down the angles, and he's essentially playing the odds of where the shots are going to go. So it's less of an acrobatic and less of a, um athletic, and not to say that he's not athletic, but it's it's less Dominic Hasek and more... Um, more uh, <laughs> strict and like these are the lines these are, you need to stay in and to be a successful goalie now you can be a successful goalie in the nhl but you kind of need a defense that allows certain shots to get through it so the sharks are not that team so i think that's kind of the reason why we see his play decline now dubnik is a little bit different of a goalie he's also a little bit larger i think he's he's a couple inches taller than jones so he's just a bigger guy um, he, to me is a little bit more athletic and a lot more aggressive in his crease i feel like he comes out in challenges more than Jones does. Um, I just, I think he, he almost seems quicker to me. And, and maybe it's because it's more, he's relying more on reactions and athleticism than, than Jones is. But um, I, so far, I just like what I've seen from Dubnik, and I'd like to see him start more. And I know you and I were surprised that he did not start tonight, but there was news that came out that he had a lower body injury, I think, from, uh, was it a couple of days ago? I don't think it was from today specifically. Um, so uh, uh, again, like actually we were kind of shocked that he didn't start, sorry, the first game against the Kings, not, and then to not tonight again. So that was kind of a shock, but, um, we, after that game, uh, after he played well against Anaheim, we thought for sure he was going to get the next start. And I, I feel like it, it's the better play to put Dubnik in. I feel like he gives the Sharks a better chance to win. Um, obviously when he's healthy, cause he's not right now, but I think that they should go with him more because the shark he's not going to lose every game. The Sharks are eventually going to score some more goals, right? And and he's going to pull out a win. And I really want him to get his first Sharks win and get that under his belt and kind of give him some more confidence. I think he's the better play. And his numbers even show it. I mean, look at his save percentage. has been pretty pretty decent, I think, especially compared to Jones. Sure, yeah. I um, want to make a correction here. Waffle Lover123 saying they had a regulation win against the Wild, but they still only got uh, the go-ahead goal with less than two minutes left. Absolutely right. It was a 5-3 game, I believe, um, for, for that one there where they beat the Wild. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the one actual regulation win, the rest of them had all been uh, overtime shootout style or variety, I should say. Um, you know, again, in, in that, that game, the second game against Anaheim, the bottom six uh, continued playing aggressive. And they were uh, very impressive to watch. Dylan Gambrell is really coming into his own. I know Kevin Kurz had a tweet uh, tonight for, for tonight's game saying Gambrell has been 
Um, you know, obviously a much better player than when he was last season, kind of like a night and day thing. He's much stronger on his skates. He doesn't get bumped off the puck nearly as easily. However, he's only got one assist in like eight games. Having said that, I don't think the the third line center is the main concern of the team. Um, I think as long as he's providing, you know, pressure, offense, moving those feet, puck p- possession, protection. I think he's doing those things. The puck's just not going in the back of the net. And that could be said for a lot of people on this team right now, not just Dylan Gambrell. So um, I, I, again, I was very impressed with the bottom six in, in this game in particular. Um, they, they were out buzzing. And uh, it, it was just one of those things where, you know, you want more from your top guys at the same time. If your bottom guys aren't going either and the top guys are having a hard time, nothing's going right at all, right? So you want to have at least some level of consistency out of your top six. And even if the bottom six isn't consistent, as long as they're grinding, playing hard, and doing the things that they should be doing as often as possible and look at the bottom six, at least in that game, and for most of the games I think this season they, they have been, then, uh, you know, it's 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 a good thing. It's a positive takeaway at least, and hopefully that translates into some goals. Um, I do want to see Anthony Sanchez here saying losing my patience with his coaching staff. I don't know if it's so much the coaching staff. I understand like the guy taking guys out um, when maybe they've had a pretty good game, like Sasha, for instance, um, John Leonard going in Balser seemed like he was chugging and, and banging out there. So, um, you know, I can understand the frustrations with taking guys out, but you have to understand too, that it is going to be a bit of a revolving door there. Um, there are still kind of testing to see who's kind of going to be the guy that kind of fits in in those lines and the thing to remember is Bob Bugner is this guy who is like, if you're the guy who's going to help us win, then that's the guy I'm going to play. And in practices, we don't get to see the practices. If in a practice he something, sees something out of one of those guys that is over and above and can translate well to the game, it can translate well to the line that he's on and make the players around him better, even, if even in just that practice, he's probably going to want to go with that guy and give him the opportunity to show what he can do. And I kind of like that about Bob, actually. I don't like, uh, you know, when it's just, hey, this is a, a great name on the back of the jersey. We're going to play him all the time. Um, I like that he's giving these younger guys an opportunity, and especially the guys that he's rotating in. They're all basically AHL guys apart from Balsers now, uh, and and they're kind of getting their shot. So um, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. Um, and I don't think it's the reason that the Sharks have been losing these games. So uh, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on uh, just the coaching staff in terms of your, your frustrations there, buddy. Um, Aaron, anything else about this, uh, this other game here from, from Anaheim? Uh, no, let's just okay. move on. We'll move on. I, I, I do want to say, though, with, with Dubnik that he was um, – we said that he played really well and everything, but particularly on the penalty kill. On the penalty kill, he was like a wall. Um, he was letting nothing through. He was absolutely in the position. He was – uh, when he wasn't in the position, he was sliding and making big saves. So my hat's off to Devin Dubnik. Unfortunately, it seems like one of those saves, he might have stretched a little something too far. And um, he's uh, on the IR now. That's that's too much. That's a shame, really. Uh, but we'll get to why that's actually not such a bad thing in uh, in this coming game, or at least the game tonight. But the, the first game against uh, the LA Kings. So we've got Jones back in the net. And, of course, we go to the shootout again. We'll kind of skip past everything that happened there. But it was a, a 4-3 shootout win. Um, Aaron, you want to kind of talk a little bit about this one? I've been blabbing my mouth, so go right ahead. Sure. I mean, the game, Sharks go up 2 nothing, kind of their MO, right? It's almost like they don't – not that they don't have problems scoring, but they have a problem scoring and then keeping the lead. So they've had quite a number of leads in games and can't hold it. Same in this true – same is true in this game where they go up 2 nothing in the first period. Second period, they give up two quick goals – or not quick goals, but they give up two goals to tie it. And then halfway through the third, Dustin Brown, of all people, scores his second goal of the game. 
Um, luckily, the Sharks fought back in this one, and Kane tied it up with less than a minute to go. Goalie pulled, ties it up. It's like, oh, good. They're going to salvage at least a point out of this, thankfully. Um, I thought they had a couple chances in, in overtime as well, but, of course, they go all the way to the shootout. Um, I, what I like to see is the Sharks are still battling, and they're not like completely – not like tonight's game where they got just blown out towards the end. They kept playing, and they kept playing their game, and they were rewarded with a tying goal, thankfully. Um, but it, it's still – there's just not enough there. There's there's not enough I, – I don't even know how to explain it. They're just um, – Something's lacking on this team. It's obviously, I think, just talent. And there's a question in here saying, uh, where is it? Uh, I just Anthony saw Anthony Sanchez. Sanchez. Honest question. Do we have teal eyes and believe that our top guys are really not our top players? I still think our top guys are the top players, and and they would be top players on other teams. But we're talking Kane, Couture, Hurdle, Maybe Timo Meyer at times, at times, a second line player, not a top line player. That's about it. Everyone else, you could probably fit anywhere between the third and the, or second and fourth lines. Realistically, there's not a lot of top line guys here. So no, I I think that's part of the problem is the depth, the forward depth. We we team we seem to have a lot of guys that can fill in on the third and fourth line. That's what we're seeing is this rotation of players of young guys coming in on the third and fourth lines because we don't have enough top-tier talent because the Sharks have been in the playoffs for so many years. Um, they're just not getting those top-end picks. Now, unfortunately, yes, we traded for Eric Carlson last year's first-round pick. That would have been a what was a third overall pick this nah. year. But if you don't trade for Carlson and you keep Pavelski and you have all these other players, the Sharks are going to play well and go into the playoffs again last year, and that's not a top-three pick. It's like a catch twenty two, right? Like, sure that it, it it's hard. You can't really. It's not one for one like that. Is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So, um, it's just unfortunate. I I really think, especially after tonight, it seemed like the Sharks just don't have enough um, heart. Like, I, it's really hard to explain it. There's not really there's not really a ton there. They're not a terrible team, but they're not a good enough team to put it together for a full 60 minutes yet. We have not seen a full 60 minute game from this team. And I feel like because it's a short season, they're going to play all the youngsters to see what they got and see what sticks. And maybe at the trade deadline, the the good news about the trade deadline, if the sharks are truly this bad of a team, and are going to stay down here this long. Um, there's not going to be a lot of sellers. So they're going to be able to get a lot of buyers, hopefully. And then a lot of teams, because they're going to be in the hunts, they're going to overpay uh, and hopefully, because the demand will be low, because there's going to be less guys that will be moved, and hopefully the Sharks will be able to pull something out of their whatever and get some good assets coming back. I don't know. I'm just I'm very salty after tonight. Tonight was so ugly. I was just so angry, and I've been playing a lot of NHL 21 GM mode. And someone else, someone else up here, Noah Noah Claxton had said it's uh, time for. Uh, what do you say? Time for Aaron to uh, GM Aaron to take the throne and coach Paul behind the bench working that power play in PK. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, well, you're already looking ahead at uh, at blowing up the team. We're, we haven't even finished talking about this game <laughs> for tonight. I know, I mean, again, uh, we're going to gloss over it because um, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So, um, you know, Leonard was in for Balsers, and some people didn't like that. But, um, you know, again, it's going to be a little bit of a revolving door with between uh, Leonard, Balsers, 
and probably Sasha and maybe another guy here or there. Who knows? Um, so Hurdle came out with a pair of goals after they went down 3 nothing. Um, they, they could have ended the first period down three, nothing, but you know, Hurl comes in there and bangs one home. Uh, I believe it was a shot that rebounded off of a defenseman's leg. And then he just fired it back in again. Again, he is getting down low those power moves and he's, uh, he's pushing, uh, the defenseman back and into the goaltending. And that's, you know, seems to be working for them because that's how he got his goal there. And the second period, you know, here we come again, where, uh, Hurdle, and Couture were going uh, two-on-one, I believe. And Couture takes the shot. goes a rebound off of the uh, Peterson, I think his last name, his pads. And uh, the puck kicks out, and Hurdle's right there for a little uh, little tap-in, like a little backhand, I think is what it was, and just fired it in. Um, again, crashing the net, going to the net, pushing the defense back into their goaltending. And it's just – I don't know why this team doesn't do that more often. You have guys like Evander Kane. You have guys like Timo Meyer. We just talked about Timo and how he's kind of a second-line guy, and that's where he is. He could be a first-line guy. He absolutely could if he would just play the way that he knows he can play. For some reason, this guy does not want to just drive to the net with his body. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Um, it, maybe he's got a nagging injury. I can make excuses for him if you wanted me to. I can make things up, but um, I, I'm not sure why. Uh, if he would drive straight to the net really hard, um, you know, getting that puck protect going, you know, like you said on the, on NHL, man, hit that X button, buddy, uh, get that stick out there, protect that puck, use your body as a shield. You know, we've seen Patrick Marlowe do that. You should be able to see Timo Meyer do that. He's a, he's a much heftier guy. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with, with Timo, but, um, if I had the clock, I'd put it down. It is not Timo time right now. Um, but you know, other than that, I, I think you're right. We've got only a handful of really, honestly, top-tier guys on this team. I think Hurdle's one. I think Couture is one. Some people would disagree with that. That's fine. Uh, maybe I do have two tinted glasses on, if you will, but I don't think that's the case. I think these guys are just that talented. And when you're <laughs> when you're, your back is killing you from carrying the team offensively tonight, uh, as Tomas Hurdle had to do with the only two goals, uh, there's only so much you can do. So, uh, I, again, I, I think we do have some top-tier guys. I think that it's just – you know, again, like our depth is just kind of not quite there. And the guys that should be playing a certain way to be successful are not playing that way to be successful. It's not enough to just be that good of a player and on the ice. You have to be that good of a player and do the things that make you successful while you're on the ice. And Timo's just not doing that for me. So uh, beyond that, I see there's a note here for uh, Carlson looking like the best shark. I'm not going to take that point because that is your point. And you can go ahead and argue that one with the mob. Go ahead. That's fine. I'll take it. I think Carlson looks uh, in shape, not hurt. He's skating and moving and getting his getting his feet moving a lot more, especially on the power play. I feel like every time I watch the power play, it's the top power play line out there. He's the only one moving his skates and moving around and making things happen. Um, he's got some good keep-ins in the zone. I thought defensively he's playing a little bit better. He's never going to be the guy that's going to put a guy on his butt. So he's not going to be a super strong offensive guy. He's going to use his stick, his positioning to do well. I think uh, he looked to me skating smoother and just better, had better cuts. Um, so I'm I'm happy with his play, and I felt like out, he was out there playing with a bunch of AHLers and looking around like, I need some help, guys. Like, come on, nobody can handle my passes. I thought he was shooting the puck a lot more. I just think he overall looks better and the top guy that we need him to be, but he's stuck with subpar talent around him. And he's not the Carlson that was in Ottawa with nobody around him that could carry the whole team anymore. But he's still a very top-end talent defenseman regardless. So I think – I thought to me he looked a lot better. Um, 
the power play looked dangerous. I mean, this is the the whole turning point I think in this game was that power play in the first period. First period or second period? First period, right? Where they had a, the Sharks had a power play. They look like they're about to score. They're already down two nothing. They look like they're about to make it two to one. And the puck kicks out right at the power play ends to the guy coming out of the box for a breakaway, and he scores and make it three nothing. That's a two goal swing right there. The Sharks score and make it two to one. It's a completely different game. But now it goes down three to one. It's like, oh man, here we go. I thought it was going to be. I actually thought it was going to be uglier earlier because I knew the second period was coming up. Um, but then the second period comes around and the Sharks score a power play goal and come within a goal. It's like, what's going? Who is this team right now? <laughs> They're just not consistent. So anyway, um, that was one of my notes. And then I thought Kanijov looked a lot better tonight. I think he looks more comfortable. Um, I think he belongs in the NHL. Sure, as a bottom pairing guy, I have no problems with him. Um, I thought he was skating pretty well as well and, and even looked a little dangerous offensively. He got the puck a couple times in the offensive zone and looked comfortable, is what I'll say. Uh, like he belongs. How about that? To me, yeah, I know. No, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out uh, Scott Kemp saying I disagree, and then I feel following that up immediately with Paul's turn. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about uh, Eric Carlson. Carlson. Um, so I'm I'm not sure if we're always watching the same game sometimes, Aaron. Uh, I I see him kind of gliding around a lot. I see him not really moving. Uh, his feet nearly as much. Although tonight's game, yes, absolutely. It looked like he was uh, grabbing the puck and saying, I'm going to take this puck and I'm going to bring it across the blue line. And he was doing a lot of the work himself. Uh, Oftentimes though, I do see him just kind of standing around and it is still frustrating. Um, I understand that that's not really his game, uh, the physical side of it, but his, his stick and his reach, those are still good. Don't get me wrong, but at this level, the NHL, I don't think a stick just kind of being placed out there is enough to really uh, bother an NHL caliber forward. So um, I, I think he just – I'd like to see more effort, I think, out of Eric Carlson. Um, it's not a, about how much money you're paying him, and I know that's part of what Scott's going to say here is, oh, we're paying him enough to, to do – no, 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 it's, it's not about that. It's For me, it's just I, I don't see the, the interest sometimes. I don't see an interest in playing the game sometimes out of Eric Carlson. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but on the, the topic of Kanijov, we absolutely see eye to eye. In fact, um, I would even go so far to say that for me, Kanijov is breaking is borderline in, in a top four, I think for, for me, for me, um, I think he's definitely good enough for the bottom six. Uh, I think he could definitely play in the same role that Mario Ferraro has played. He's shown the ability to be offensive. He's shown the ability to play well defensively. He's shown the ability to take the puck from the defensive zone, carried all the way through the neutral zone. That's how they end up scoring that one goal. I can't remember who it was that, oh, it must've been Hurdle right. um, tonight where, you know, Kinesia just ran all the way into the zone. Um, he just took off and he did it all on, on his own there. So he was, he was confident. He, like you said, he was comfortable out there. And that was one of those things that I saw out of him tonight that I was really impressed. And it wasn't just tonight. This is something that I've seen out of this guy for the past few games now, right? And uh, in, in the Anaheim notes that we had here, I had, had said the same thing. Kanijov looking more comfortable. He's looking, he's looking really good out there. So, um, you know, a bright future at least on the defensive side of things uh, for the, you know, the role players on the team, not just the superstars, right? So uh, I'm, I'm really happy with Shin, uh, with Shimmick's game. I'm really happy with Mario Ferraro's game. You can't say enough about this guy. He's he's just an energizer bunny out there. He's always chugging his legs, always doing the, the hard work and doing the, the the right thing out there. So I'm very happy with him. And then Kanishov just kind of rounds out that whole, you know, bottom six, uh, bottom or top four, whatever, that whole talent area right there, right? So those guys that are kind of fillers 
outside of like the superstars on the team or the big names, the big money on the team on defense. I, I think he's just a great addition. And I, I'm so glad that they were able to see this coming out of, out of camp because even Bob Boogner had said, you know, he just came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting him to make the team, you know, uh, let alone impress uh, this much. So for him to step in and look comfortable at the NHL level, that's the main thing is that he looks fine out there. He doesn't look like he's out of place. Uh, so, you know, my hat's off to Kanijov and uh, I'm looking forward to more uh, games and more development for him because I think it can only really be, you know, good things. Uh, the, the interesting thing about this game was they didn't do well in the first. They had a better second period. As you said, they scored a power play goal. It was the lone goal. So it was a one nothing goal differential in our favor, finally. And then the third period, they just had a meltdown. So, um, you know, it's it's weird because it's it's like once the, the Sharks have a good period, they have to follow it up. They just have to follow it up with a bad period. I don't know what it is uh, about this team where, um, you know, hey, we're feeling good about ourselves. Finally, yay, intermission. And for, something happens in the intermission. I don't know what it is. And it just it makes them play worse the next period. I have no clue. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows. I don't even think the team knows. No. It, it's it's just it's it's like they're playing through the motions just to get through the season and none of them really want to. I mean, part of it is they have not had a home game. I will bring that up. They've there's it's what was it? The NHL record 12 games in a row to start the season. That's that is unreal, especially in a shortened season. That's a big chunk of your games that are on the road. So the good news is that the Sharks will be coming home obviously to play out a lot of the games. The bad news is the NHL just introduced in the standings a points percentage. Now, what that means and what that means to me is that they're not expecting a lot of games to be finished or played, similar to last season. Last season, they had to figure out, because they just ended the season without finishing it off, they did a points percentage to see, because some teams have played more games than others, and so that was the the best way they could figure out a way to figure out a uh, tiebreaker in the points standings. So now that they added that, it's like, oh, man, and all these teams are getting hit with COVID protocols left and right. Um, Things are getting rescheduled. You're going to see a lot more games at the end getting condensed. And for teams like the Sharks or other teams that might be out of the playoffs, what's the point of playing those games, right? They're all going to have a lottery pick. So I hope it doesn't come to Biden that they took the early road schedule because the Sharks did opt for that since – the Santa Clara County wasn't allowing them to have uh, home games here. So they kind of wanted to be on the road and, and asked to be on the road early on so that they could play those at home. But man, that that's going to be a lot, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of home games, hopefully that they will be able to finish out and play and then they can jump up in the standings. But if they're going to be sellers, it's still a little too early to just throw in the towel. But if they're going to be sellers, then what does it matter? Right. It, yeah, no, and I have a note. Uh, I, I, my, my final note for the show is actually something about the Sharks uh, potentially being sellers and looking into the future. Uh, however, I do want to bring up one comment here. Vanya Carrillo, uh, I love that. I love it that Bugner called out Jones. He's done. No, he's not done uh, because a couple reasons. One, you can have a bad game now and then. And honestly, I don't even think that it was necessarily a bad game. Uh, there were so many. There's two deflections off of like a a, a body and uh, off of what was it? It was a skate or something. I can't remember what it was. No, but it was, it was like, a leg. Yeah, yeah, it was a leg. Thank you, Carlson's leg. It, it ricocheted off, and you know he's tracking the puck until like the last second where it ricochets. That's I mean any goaltender is going to have a hard time with that. And then there's another one. I think it was a shot off the the body in front of the net, and it again changes direction. It goes in. 
Um, and I know that Bootner had said, you know, we have higher expectations, higher standards than that. And I hope he does too. Um, and that's all well and good. And it's, it's fine to call it your goaltender when you think maybe he hasn't had the best game, but uh, you know, some of those goals, sure. They, they count and, and they should have, uh, maybe should have been stopped, but you got to take a look at some of those ones that are just like any goaltender is going to have a hard time with that. The Kopitar shot, the first goal of the game, that thing hit the post and went in. I mean, it was like by just that much. So it's not like he was way too far over, you know, guarding the, uh, the, the post and, and he left the opposite side is his glove side wide open. He was in pretty decent position, but I mean, Kopitar, that shot was just, uh, it was a total snipe. So accurate it was ridiculous. So, I mean, sometimes, Hey, the other team's just going to have, you know, a, a good shooter and there's not much you can do about it. When we score goals, we don't always say, Hey, that goaltender is terrible. Right. We say, Hey, our guy had a good shot. I mean, we got to look at it both ways. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's done. Obviously, because I mean, who else are you going to go with? You can go with Melnichuk right now, but he's got no. Oh, he's got a, you know a few minutes of NHL experience now. But uh, Dubnik is hurt. Jones is. Uh, he's he's got on his contract still. You're not going to trade him. So I don't think Jones is done. I think he just had a bad game. You know, in terms of a, a few of the goals here and there, and the defense didn't really help him out. As uh, one of our uh, commenters here had had pointed out. Let's see, it was actually right above Vanya here. Let's see if that was uh, Joel. Joel saying uh, EK65 chasing the puck behind the net without having anyone rotating. See, I mean, those kind of things, right? He's, he's chasing the puck, yes, but somebody needs to rotate and help him out. So, um, yeah, I, that, again, was, I can't... Uh, that was the goal that Patrick Marlowe yeah. looked like he completely blew his coverage because he went to the boards as well instead of covering the guy who went into the slot who eventually scored. Yeah. I, I just, again, I, I know I'm always like the, the goaltending apologist over here, right? That's, that's kind of my role for as far as you guys are concerned. But like that's I just see the game the way I see the game. And I, I used to, when I was playing, again, not, not near this level, but when I was playing, uh, when I played defense, with the puck went in, I always looked at, okay, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? Unless it was a, like a shot that was dead on and the puck is just barely going and the goalie just happens to miss it, which has happened before. Um, then okay, fine. It's just the goalie, right? He's just no good. But um, you know, if there's something I could have done better, I, I put that on myself. And I think if you ask the Sharks defensemen, they would probably say similar things, right? Like, yeah, maybe Jonesy could could do a little bit better here or there. But for the most part, gosh, we didn't cover very well. We allowed them to come into the zone. We allowed them to get into those hard areas. We allowed them to get into the high danger chance areas, right? So. There's, there's blame to be put all the way around, and I know the goalie always gets the brunt of it because he is the last line of defense, but when when you're not set up for success by the other five guys on the ice, it's hard to have success. Um, at least that's that's the way I, I see it there. So, uh, But, yes, you're absolutely right. Bob did call out Martin Jones tonight saying that, uh, you know, he, he expects more, and I think Martin uh, Jones should expect more as well. However, uh, the nice thing about that was that we got to see Melnichuk in net. And, uh, Aaron, you saw Drew Doughty welcome him to the NHL. <laughs> right off the faceoff. The faceoff was, uh, I think it was an offside or something over by, because it wasn't center. Was it center ice? or was He was behind the red line. I'll say that. Behind the red line, Drew Doughty just takes this slapper. And you could see, like, Melnichuk kind of took it in his shoulder and it bounced behind him, and he, and you see Melnichuk look like, did that really just come at me like that? Like, you could see it. it was kind of funny. Like, uh, here's a welcome to the NHL moment from uh, Drew Doughty. Hey, maybe Drew Doughty just wanted to get in the history books because he knew he was going to be such a great goaltender down the road that he wanted to be the first guy to shoot on him. I mean, if he scored a goal from that distance on that goalie with that hype, man, you know, that that's yeah. probably what he was doing. Yeah, pretty There's bad. no reason to shoot that there. I mean, if he missed the goal – 
that's an icing. There's no reason to shoot it. So yeah, that's anyway, true. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. Hey man, if Owen Nolan can do it, I guess Drew Doughty could give it a shot, right? Yeah, Roman Turek still had a career after that kind of, I guess. I think it's <laughs> what he scored on. Nice. Uh, okay, I see uh, Sharks here. The only team without a major or fighting penalty. Well, I guess a, a fighting penalty. So uh, you want to go ahead and talk about that one a little bit? I think this is well, your note. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they're the only team in the NHL that doesn't have a fight yet. Not that the Sharks need to fight, but you need to care a little bit. And it, it's especially in this season when you're playing a team back-to-back every series, I guess, every game is, is you're playing the team twice. So motions are going to blow over, especially in like a game like today's game, for instance, where there's kind of a blowout. Nothing. No response from the Sharks. Nobody really cared. You know, Nobody's getting in anybody's face. Someone just slams into Jones. Or I guess he took a big whack from Burns to get shoved into Jones, which I also thought was a goalie interference. That should not have counted. That goal should not have counted. The penalty, sure, but not the goal. Take that back, man. And the Sharks, I feel like, are always on the wrong end of those kinds of calls. They never get those for them, especially when they play Vegas and, and Flurry's in there. I feel like he gets every single call called for him for goalie interference. The Sharks could never catch a break on those. But anyway, um, I, I I think there should be at least one or two fights, don't you? Yeah. In, in the blowouts that they've had or some of the, some of the emotional stuff that's boiled over? You know. Frustration. You're not scoring. You're not winning. Get angry. So, and Randy said it too. A, a, a team that's coached by Bob Bugner and Rocky Thompson really ought to have a fight by now. Exactly. Um, yeah, I know. And, and and you're right. You know, this is a team that um, they should be frustrated. They should, um, you know, take it a little personally. They should be standing up for each other. They should, uh, you know, try to intimidate the t- other teams a little bit because all the other teams are very intimidated by the San Jose Sharks right now. So, no. you know, I, I've always said. Sorry, go ahead. I've always said I, I want Evander Kane on the ice more than in the box. Having said that, if your game ain't going, get in the box. Like, <laughs> fight someone. Get your team pumped and jazzed and ready to rock and say, you know what? He threw down the gloves for us. Let's go out there and do something special, right? There's a way to inspire your team without having to be on the ice. And if your play isn't isn't generating offense – why not do anything in your power to get the rest of the guys going, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I would like to see something, a spark from anybody on this team. And it, again, for me, it, it does seem like, uh, again, apart from those bottom six uh, forwards and the bottom pairing defensemen, um, and I shouldn't say bottom pairing, I should say the guys like Shimmick, uh, guys like uh, Kinejov, and um, and Ferraro, I mean, th- those guys, right? The guys that aren't the biggest paid guys on the defensive core. Those guys seem to have their legs moving. Those guys are stepping up and boom, making big hits. So you see Shimmick doing all the time. Even Mario Ferraro, who I see as more of an offensive threat, he stands guys up at the blue line. Like, he's ready to go. And I don't see that out of the other guys. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. And it doesn't have to necessarily translate to just goals all the time. But show a little bit of heart. You know, if you guys are getting pummeled or if your guy gets hit hard or – man, yeah, drop the gloves. You know, inspire your team. And I, I don't know why, uh, it, again, that that hasn't been instilled in this team yet um, from a guy like Bob Hooter, you know. I mean, you know, they, they want to play the more skill game or whatever. They've got the guys to play skill, but you've also got to be able to go out there and intimidate some guys. And I think when your team is constantly getting – you know, the, the the bad end of it, the bad end of the stick, we'll say, um, 
yeah, drop the gloves and inspire your team a little bit, you know? So I don't know. I, I would like to see more uh, out of the sharks. I don't necessarily want to see them fighting all the time. Cause that's just ridiculous. But no. I mean, by now, once in a while, if your team's not doing well, you, you, I mean, rally the troops, man, rally the troops. I mean, that's you usually see teams that are in the bottom of the league will be leading the league in fights normally, not always, but there's a good chance that they're going to be, have more than not more fights than not. But I, the other thing that I'm seeing or not seeing is the Sharks finishing their checks. They they cut the guy off at the boards, and then they skate right next to him instead of just hitting him in the boards and rubbing him out kind of. They just don't do that. I saw a handful of instances where I'm like, man, they didn't hit that guy, and now he skates freely into the zone, and he has a perfectly offensive chance in the slot coming in late. Like if you hit the guy at the blue line or hit the guy uh, right when he dumps the puck in, he's going to slow him down, and then he's not going to be able to get in that chance. Like I just – I feel like the Sharks are too soft, you know? And there's a comment in here about uh, the Sharks don't have a fighter minus Kane. Who else can drop the gloves from Anthony Sanchez? I'm not talking about a fighter. I'm not talking about like a like a Reeves kind of guy. Like that, we don't need a heavy hitter or heavy puncher guy, a, a goon on the team. I'm just talking to any of those guys can throw, you know, like a middleweight, a, a lightweight fight. Like who cares? You just kind of – you get in a guy's face, you put him on the butt – you're in you're in a scrum in front of their net and as a forward and you're just agitating him, hitting the goalie, doing some little do little stuff, be an agitator. We have none of those on the team. It's like everybody's a skill guy trying to be the best skill guy and they're getting shut down and it's not working. I, I'm I'm sick of seeing it. Uh, there's like no heart, no grit, no nothing. And and I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to say bring back old school hockey where you need to fight all the time with line fights. You just need to show some emotion and. And let things boil over and take it out. Like the team is obviously frustrated. They need to take some frustration out. Get it out on the other team. Take it out on them. Have some yeah. heart. Yeah, I think uh, it wouldn't be such a bad thing to see Curtis Gabriel get uh, a call up here. Uh, maybe he can spark the boys. I think that'd be awesome. Um, so yeah, that stat with Jody Shelley in the lineup. Didn't we talk about that a couple weeks ago? Or Curse talked about it. Someone talked about it where. Uh, Kurz wrote a story about it, right? It was about the, the what did he call it, the code, the Sharks code, and how Jody Shelley, when he was in the lineup, the Sharks were like, they had a huge winning record, and when he was he was not in the lineup, because uh, he wasn't in the lineup every night, they had a losing record. Like, that's just, that's kind of what it is. Oh, it wasn't Jody Shelley, sorry. It was, uh, uh, who's the one? John Scott, right? John Scott. Yeah. That's who it was when he was in the lineup. There you go. <laughs> and again, I'm not saying get a goon. Yeah. But, I, you know, it. again, mix mix it up a little bit, right? Okay, fine. Don't drop the gloves. But like you said, be an agitator. A guy like Rudolph Balsers, for instance, right? I mean, he was out there throwing his body around. A guy like Ryan Donato, he's always out there throwing his body around. Um, you know, muck it up a little bit in the blue paint. Um, I don't think there's such a, a bad thing with that. We don't have to be known as the goon squad, like you said. But um, we also – kind of want to be a little bit intimidating don't just be pushovers and uh you know like you said there's there's too many times where you see sharks kind of on their butts in scrums as opposed to you know standing over somebody uh in a scrum so um i i definitely would like to see a, a lot more grit i see a lot of people in the the comments there saying hey grit we need grit there's no grit um yeah so we we kind of agree this seems a, a little bit on the soft side and probably a lot of that has to do with you know some of the younger players that are there who aren't you know fighting type guys they're they're the skill type players and you know the, even the older guys like Patrick Marlowe 
uh, he's not going to drop the balls with anybody either. So um, there's just kind of nobody on the team that kind of fulfills that role, uh, except for some of these other guys, like, again, like a Donato, like a Balsers. Uh, Curtis Gabriel, if he gets the call up, that'd be great. Uh, Steph Mason, even, I could see uh, pulling that one off. And you know the other one, the, my little sleeper pick, I don't really care for the guy that much, but I'll give him credit where credit is due. Marcus Sorensen, when when he starts throwing those hands, dude, that salad goes flying. And, uh, yeah, I know he's – He's a little jitterbug, and uh, he's he's a tough little cookie. I'll give him that. So that, that's a lightweight. That's 140 pounds soaking. I don't care. The hey man, deal. hey man, that guy. Uh, he's got he's got heart at least. I'll give him that. Maybe he's not the the most skilled or brightest not on the ice. Whatever. Right. I, I've got my opinions about the guy, but I think when it comes to uh, comes to effort, he certainly gives the effort that he's capable of giving. We'll, we'll leave it anything. Anything. How about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I see uh, a bunch of, uh, of guys that were saying uh, blow up the team from beforehand. And um, I kind of wanted to talk just a little bit about – yeah, there it is. Thank you, uh, Scott Kemp. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, potential changes. Now, none of this has anything to do with reality, okay? This is all just kind of me um, theorizing a little bit here. But we were talking – I was asking Aaron about the expansion draft and – we were talking about the guys that the the Sharks would need to protect and the fact that they would need to at least expose two guys that are um, have at least two years of experience, NHL experience, actually more than two years of NHL experience, that are forwards and one as a defenseman. So uh, when we were kind of going through it, we were like, okay, they, would ha- they have to protect Vlasic. They have to protect uh, Carlson. So either you leave Burns exposed and you hold on to Shimmick, or you held on to Burns and you expose Shimmick, in which case Shimmick is gone, right? Because um, Shimmick has played more than the two seasons. Ferraro, you actually don't have to protect Ferraro because this is his sophomore season. He's protected um, not not by by using one of your protected players, I guess. I'm not explaining this very well, but he's not a guy that you have to uh, spend one of those protected player status is on, right? He would just be on your team regardless because this is his sophomore year right now. And as far as the forwards, we had already talked about, it was like uh, Couture, uh, Hurdle, Kane, Meyer, Donato. I think I, for me, I, don't, I would not give up on Donato at all. So um, I think it was five forwards that you could protect. But um, that kind of leaves Kevin LeBanc open, right? So the, the problem was that there's not enough guys with NHL experience on the defensive side uh, that you could uh, offer up, right? You have to either give up Shimmick or Burns. So my thought was, okay, what if if there was a way to trade Vlasic? And it's not because Vlasic is terrible. I got into a big conversation with uh, Alyssa Green, I think is her name, on uh, Facebook uh, Sharks group. She was very upset. She's been a, oh. a Facebook fan. I'm sorry, not Facebook fan. A a Vlasic fan for like 15, 17 years or whatever it was. And um, she was very upset with me because uh, I had brought up the topic of what if we were to try to trade uh, trade Vlasic. I never and I, I put a disclaimer, Aaron. I put a disclaimer on my post saying I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying I want to trade him. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying if there was a trade involved with Marco Mar- Vlasic, what might it look like? And this poor lady just had a meltdown. And I feel so bad for her. And uh, Alyssa, if you're watching, I, and if she sent me a DM afterwards, said I kind of apologizing. It's totally cool. Don't worry about it. I get it. He's your boy. Um, but it was just kind of like a theory, right? So anyway, guys, if we were able to trade Mark Edward Vlasic, that would mean we don't have that contract as one of the protected statuses. That would mean you can protect Burns and Shimmick. You don't need to pr- protect Ferraro. So Kanijov is there, but he hasn't had enough games, right? Um, other than that, who do we have left? Klassen, 
the guy who hasn't had a single game this season, right? But he's played enough games in the NHL. So if you signed him to a, a year extension, he would be eligible. And so then you're exposing Clausen, a guy that we got off of, what, the free agent list with, with waivers? I mean, nobody wanted the guy. Right. That doesn't mean they're going to pick Clausen. Right. You but now you're saying two you're not going to pick one of our other defensemen, right? You're saying you're probably going to end up picking who? LeBanc. Right. Yeah. I have the rules right here. Yeah. But helps. for me, it just seemed like that was a way to kind of get something for Vlasic, not just lose Burns for right. nothing, right? Or did she try to throw a shoe at you? She did not try to show, throw a shoe at me um, unless Anthony Sanchez is married to Alyssa Green. <laughs> I don't know. All right, here you go. Here's all the okay. rules. Uh, it's going to follow the same thing as the Golden Knights. Um, 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies is who the Kraken are going to have to choose. So each team ha- – it's funny because Seattle has to choose a player from every team. That's like a rule. They have to take somebody. Um, basically, the every team except Vegas is going to lose somebody, uh, which I think is bogus, but whatever. I guess that throws off their numbers. Yeah. And then um, – so the rules are like you have to have a defenseman who's under contract, played at least 40 NHL games, uh, or at least 70 between two seasons. And two forwards under contract. Um, and what's interesting is the Sharks don't really have two right now because we have so many that are free agents or, or restricted free agents that are not signed. Yeah. So and- somebody's going to have to – Sharks are going to have to sign somebody to an extension and have them exposed. Go ahead, Paul. You have a question? Sorensen. <laughs> Who? Sorensen. I got it all figured out, boys. I know you like me as the yeah. coach, but I think I can do the GM duties here. Okay, I got it all figured out. So – you signed Sorensen to a one-year extension. You signed Clausen to a one-year extension, and now you've got Sorensen, LeBanc, and Clausen. Those are the only three guys that are eligible to get plucked. Everybody else would be either free agents or are protected. And so, who are they going to choose? Kevin LeBanc. So there you go. You just freed up four million dollars in cap space for a guy that everyone's been complaining about. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Players well, who have career-ending injuries or have missed more than sixty games are not eligible. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Uh, but the Sharks are going to have to either sign or trade and get somebody in so that they have somebody to be exposed, both, uh, maybe not both defensively, but definitely for um, forwards. Yes. Yes, Paul. Ricky, I'm going to butcher this name. Barton Slager. Slager. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Okay. Uh, they, they just asked Vlasic to waive his no-move clause. They won't take him anyway. Oh, to get yeah. Taken for Seattle. Not to be picked by Seattle. I'm saying to trade him, right? Right. If he doesn't want to be on a team that is looking like they might be on a rebuild, as some fans might say, uh, if they don't, if he doesn't want to play for a team that has him playing bottom pair minutes for the next six years. Well, there was a team that we were looking at because they're always in rumors every year for wanting to be drafted, Montreal. And it just so happens that Montreal has, do you remember how many picks? Oh, God. Uh, 20? <laughs> 14 picks. Yeah. Did I count the right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 picks in seven rounds. They have 14 picks in this upcoming draft. Do you right. think they're going to draft 14 players? Nope. Not a chance. They are doing a Doug Wilson right now. They are using that as currency. Know. The Joe Will special, right? 
<laughs> a bunch of Joe Will specials and they stocked up on a bunch of draft picks so yeah. they could turn them into assets. So yeah, the the, the Joe Will special is a a fifth round pick for two sevens. But yes, basically what I'm saying is they they have all these picks not to use them as picks but to use them as trade uh, bait and everything. Yeah, so. and they're not low end picks. I mean, they got two second rounders, three third, fourth, and fifth rounders. That's incredible. Yeah, That's the stockpile right there because you could turn a couple of those picks into a maybe a late first round pick, you know, like here's two seconds for your first. All right, I'll do that. I'll move down. Like mm-hmm. it, they're going to be moving a lot of pieces, I think. Yeah. But then you, you trade a couple fourths to get back into the third round. You take that third round, you trade, you know what I'm saying? You can do a lot of stuff with all that, all those picks. So they're, yeah. they're going to be very flexible and very versatile come, uh, come draft day. Um, but our, but I guess they, they have a lot of assets to trade us that we would want in that case, draft picks. And that's the whole point, right? With with Montreal is um, they they seem to be a team that is in kind of playoff contention right now, right? So if they could bolster up their defense a little bit and maybe have a guy on their blue line for the next six years, a guy that that Montreal has traditionally always liked and always wanted, um, why not? You know, so it to me again, it would make sense from a business standpoint. And I know Alyssa doesn't want me to to talk about that um, because it's, become a Montreal fan. That's all. Just, just like Lundy. Lundy became a Braun fan. He's a Philadelphia Flyers fan. No, he's not. You, you can still be a Sharks fan and a Vlasic fan, just like Lundy is a Sharks fan and a Braun fan, right? It's totally yeah, cool. Exactly. So, it's um, been- but re- regardless, yeah, see, then I got I, Deuces Shoeless here. Deuces, I don't know what medication you're on, um, but I, I would I would love to uh, give that a test drive. Uh, Vlasic for a first and a third um, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's given a first for Vlasic. I know he's he's only if uh, we retain salary, maybe. And I don't yeah. want to retain salary. Right. Here's what I want, and I'll, after I'm done, I'm done with this topic here, okay. Um, here's what I want. I want to trade Vlasic to get the seven million for six years off of the books, and uh, to not have to give up Burns. Okay, get something for one of our our high paid defensemen. Right, get a return. Uh, but then I also want a player back that has high salary, but low years on the contract, right? That's what I would like to see because then that doesn't hurt us that for a long period of time. Uh, but it gives them, cause they only have like a hundred thousand dollars worth of cap space or something. So if we, you know, take some of their salary back, but we're not retaining salary for six years, that's where I would be happy. So uh, maybe a draft pick and a guy that they don't want that they're paying too much, right? Got, like, two years left on his contract. Yeah. I'd go for a that. guy like a forward and a second and a third would be amazing. Sure. Then that could be a forward that's a high-paying forward, and maybe he's good. Maybe he's like Vlasic needs a new change of scenery, or maybe he's a guy that you can expose into the draft. Yeah. Take somebody back that has a no – that does not have a no-movement clause. How about that? Yeah. You don't have to protect. Exactly. So, I mean, that's my take on it. Uh, again, I, I speak from the business side more than the heart side. I still like the guy. I think he's a great defenseman. I think he's having a rough patch right now. Can I think, do I think he can get himself out of it? Yeah, probably. But I'm also just thinking about, you know, for the expansion, what makes the most sense here? So, um, for me, I think that's moving Vlasic. And if they could do that, and they could get him on a team where he'd be happy to, to wave the no move clause like Montreal and, and play not bottom six minutes, right? He's still, he's got pride. He wants to play the top minutes. He wants to play against the best. He doesn't want to take on the team's junk. 
So I think it, it, he might be open to a trade as well. Having said that, I see Lundy here, Super Chat 299, Flyers are my East Coast team. Okay, so he's a fan of both the Sharks and the Flyers. And we're cool with that, right? Yeah, it's fine. They're in the East Coast. There you go. Alyssa, if you're watching, the more you know. Alyssa, if you're watching, it's okay. If he goes somewhere else, you could be a fan of that one too, and we will not think any less of you. I so like that you what Lisa said here. Just show them highlights from three years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, our, our tape stopped working after 2018. Yeah, last thing here from, from Ricky. Guys, you aren't getting it. We're getting nothing for Vlasic. He's called the worst contract in the NHL. We pay to get rid of him like Marlowe and Carolina to uh oh, Marlowe and a first to Carolina. Perhaps. However, I again I, I think Vlasic is one of those guys who needs a change of scenery. Okay. I think that's what it is for, for, for me. I think that's all it is. I think he just needs a change of scenery. And if a team wants him and they, they're going to believe in him. So I don't think that they're going to take on a bad contract just because if they're going to trade for him, it's because they want the guy. So I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. If Montreal was one of those teams or uh, I can't remember what the other team was, but they did say that there was another team that, that could use a, a good defenseman uh, defensive defenseman uh, to fill in kind of in the middle. I can't remember what team it was now, but uh, if they were a suitor and they were interested, then yeah, they would certainly give something up to get him. Um, I think being Sharks fans, sometimes we're maybe a little cynical of uh, of the guy's talents. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of saying, no, you'd have to pay to get rid of him. Oh, he's terrible. He's garbage. He's How many people were saying Jones was garbage before, uh, you know, the, the last few times he, he's won in the shootout looked phenomenal, right? So, and then after tonight's game, same thing. He, oh, he six goals against. He's terrible again. Like, <laughs> pick one, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Lundy again, when you live in Minnesota, it's a habit to have a backup team. <laughs> Smart Excellent. Man. Smart man. Thanks, Lindy. Hey, man, uh, we appreciate you. Top of the hour. Let's do a roll call. Tell us where you're watching and what. What do you think? Oh. Who should get traded? Well, and um, is it is it? Do you think it's possible, plausible, if you will, for for Vlasic to to get moved before the trade deadline? All right. Where you're watching? Yeah. If you think it's possible for Vlasic to get moved. <laughs> all right and so uh now that we're kind of doing the whole roll call thing i think this is the moment where you try to embarrass me uh sure. with childhood uh photos so fire I don't, know, I don't know which one jason's going to show here because i've sent him multiple so it's kind of a surprise for me as well i mean i've okay. seen them i i know them because i took the pictures but right let's see what we got here you got it ready producer jason the picture maybe maybe not <laughs> Like, whatever, guys. I don't want to do this anymore. All right. Okay, well, I'll just start reading out the roll call stuff. Uh, say your opposite coast team. Uh, okay. I don't know. what you, If you have a team on the East Coast, maybe as Patrick Cabral is asking about. I don't know. Um, San Jose, but soon to be Texas, Ricky. Oh, man. Like everyone else, I want out of here. Really? Is it just because it's uh, expensive to live here? I, it's definitely less expensive in Texas. You get a nice big place in Texas. Jeez. No state income tax. Yeah, Bakersfield and trade Vlasic. But are you saying that out of, you know, malice, Uriel? Or no, you think it's just we, possible? We're asking, we asked them where they're watching and if they would trade Vlasic. Is it possible for Vlasic to get moved? And he's just yeah. saying, trade Vlasic. Give yeah. me attitude. Uriel, don't give me attitude. <laughs> Dr. Hook, Anaheim. Man, we got to trade Vlasic for a used puck bag or skate sharpener. He's not that bad, guys. Jeez. Yeah. Is not that bad. 
Skate sharpener would be nice, though. I wouldn't mind having a skate sharpener. Yeah, maybe the Sharks need a new one. Maybe that's their problem. <laughs> I don't think it's the equipment managers. I'm pretty sure they're the best in the business. Yeah. Uh, Keith says, uh, West San Jose, he'd like a trade. By the way, Super Producer Jason, thank you for putting these up on the screen. If you do have the uh, embarrassing childhood picture, uh, you can go ahead and put that up at, at any time here as well. Uh, oh, thanks. Is that what that was supposed to be? <laughs> Uh, Thailand. Thailand. Whoa, go for first overall pick. Okay. Uh, going to be that bad. I still think it's going to be Detroit. It's going to be. Oh, here we go. Look at that. That oh, is uh, wow. freshman year of high school right there. Yeah. Another awesome shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Nice. <laughs> like the Bellarmine hat. That was my Bellarmine freshman soccer shirt. So generic. I'm pretty sure any picture you have of me uh, during this time frame is going to be me with that B on my hat. Yeah. I tend to do this. I tend to have a hat that I like and I wear until it's brown on the inside. And then, yeah. The Fin Factor hat is disgusting. No, I do. It's mine. Don't show them. It's my hat. Of course I I know. I'm talking to the people. Okay, sure. Talk to the people then. Uh, That was your, was that your baseball hat? So you played freshman baseball, didn't you? Uh, no, I played freshman football, and that was hilarious. Oh. No. It was no good. No, I, I think I was just repping the B. Huh. Nice. Cool. There you, there go. you go. So that's circa 1996-97. Probably 97 right there. Goodness. And that's our friend Julie, who we went to grade school with. That's it. Well, okay. You, you guys are starting to get handsome now. Oh, now? Wait, wait. Now, or you mean in the pictures, going from the kid pictures to like? Oh, the don't clarify. Kid. Don't clarify. He meant now. <laughs> he meant now. <laughs> oh man, Sonic Tonic. I've actually met that guy in uh, in person at the uh, not during COVID, but um, when they had a what was it called sonatonic where you go and you pick up uh, the bobbleheads that they were giving out for free at like the uh, solar for America. What's that? Some giveaway. Yeah. They do free giveaways every now and then, but uh, I, I happened to meet sonatonic at, at one of those. He was like, Oh, you're Paul. I'm like, yeah, I am. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool. So uh, uh, Keith saying nice pick. All right. There you go. And no, I'm not doing – Ricky, no. Vlasic, a third, and Nason with 50% cap retention for this season for a second. Okay, I don't think you could do cap retention for just a season. I think you have to do it for the entirety. If not, I'm open to it, and I like where your head's at. But uh, otherwise, if we have to retain for six years, I don't care if it's a million. I'm not doing it. That's, I, wouldn't that's- be, I wouldn't be surprised if you could do it. I mean, Vlasic actually only has he's – he's got six years now, so next yeah. year he only have five left. Right. And this is a short season. So it's not that bad. Five more years. He's a guy that's going to protect uh, Carey Price. Sure. Help Carey Price back there. Yeah. Speaking that French Canadian, you know it. Hey. Hoser. Get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Yes. yes. Get, get on, on with it. With it. It's to the point now that I, I ramble waiting for it. <laughs> Get on with it! God hath spoken, Aaron. It's time to get on with it. Uh, hey, guys, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, you know, 
I appreciate there's there's a very small amount of folks that are watching, but I do appreciate the small amount of folks that did tune in. It does show uh, who the dedicated fans of ours are, and I do absolutely appreciate you guys popping in after a very horrible game um, and not not watching the best team in the league. So um, you know, it, it was definitely more fun doing these shows uh, two years ago, Aaron. But you know what? We're here and we're not uh, we're not bandwagoners, so we're just gonna keep on rolling and do what we do. We do have the Golden Knights coming up, right? So we have a Golden yeah. Knights game and then a Ducks game on Monday. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Weird. It's not. No, too- no, no, no. A Kings game. Kings game again. So it's uh, Knights and then Kings. I think is what it is. Man, what a mess. Yeah. I, I know. Can get it straight. So guys, um, again, thank you, uh, and, and Lundy, thank you for the total of just about six bucks there. Hey man, I appreciate that so much. Um, again, I, I hope you've bought a hat or a shirt or something, and and you just ran out of things to to, to buy from us <laughs> and. You- this is why you're doing the super chat because uh, I'd feel bad. We've got to send him a hat or something. I don't know. Uh, but hey, uh, again, thank you so much for contributing. It does uh, help go to the show. If you notice, I'm in higher definition today. Do you know why? I purchased a second light and now I have light sources here and here. Oh, yes. Zoom right in. It's okay. Get your fill. <laughs> don't, don't do it. So gross. Very good. Oh, man. I'm getting dizzy. Okay. So uh, with that, I want to say thank you guys one last time. Please check out. They're up in that corner over there. All of our socials and everything. Uh, visit the website, thefinfactor.com. Uh, that is where you can get the hats and shirts and the stickers and stuff that Lundy refuses to buy. He just wants to throw us money. Um, that's okay, too. So, uh, I, again, thank you guys so much. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys. Monday night after the Ducks game, not the Kings game. It's Ducks game? I'm looking at the schedule right now. Vegas on, Saturday. Vegas on Saturday at 1 and 7.30 on Anaheim. So it'll be a late show for us on Monday night. There you go. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.